Hollywood is on the air, bringing you a preview of songs, dances, laughter, and stars from one of the season's greatest comedy hits, Paramount's College Holiday, starring Jack Benny, George Burns, and Gracie Allen, Mary Boland, and Martha Ray, all of the great stars that made the big broadcast of 1937 the sensational success it was. Right from Hollywood, the land of gals and gags, comes the voice of that gargantuan gagster, that cavorting comedian, that unceremonious master of ceremonies, Jack Benny. Thank you, thank you, thank you. All you lovely people applauding. And uh, that reminds me of a very funny story, which I will omit by request. Instead, I'm going to let you in on the sophisticated chatter of some of the world-famous movie stars who are fairly swarming about me. Uh, listen. Good evening. I love your music. I think I never go home. <laughs> Thank you, Miss West. Very good. A little risque, but good. And now, friends, another little request number by my Philharmonic refugee. Radio's number one comedian in the role of J. Davis Bouster of the California Bousters is the sheriff-haunted manager of a California hotel. Jack runs and the sheriff pursues. Jack wins the race, but the sheriff remains in possession both of the hotel and Jack's pants. And so after snitching a bedsheet from a California wash line, Jack takes to the road, clad in the bedsheet that resembles the garb of ye ancient Greeky. Roaring along the road comes an auto conveying Mary Boland a spinster with millions of dollars and no brains. And Etienne Garado, a little man who wants to use Mary's millions to perfect his theory of eugenics. 
And he would, if only he could find enough college students to use as guinea pigs. Gerardo and Mary are also garbed in Greek togas. Suddenly they espy Jack Benny. Let's listen in and see what happens when Greek meets Greek. Look, Hercules, a Greek, a disciple. Hail, brother! Hi, sis. Come, join us, and peace be with you. Well, I doubt it, but I'm in no mood to quibble. Well, you're going to stay with us and decide whether the hotel will make a suitable site for a setting. The body's beauty. Uh, did you uh, did you say body's beautiful? Body's beauty. It amounts to the same thing. Well, then look. How would you like to have me deliver you a flock of the most beautiful physicues in the country? Where will you find these specimens? Fresh out of college. Vassar Venuses, Wellesley Wenches, He-Man from Harvard, Amherst Apollos, Georgia Juno. Princeton Profile. That's right, and Swarthmore Siren. With all his Yale yokels, Wesleyan wenches, Harvard heroes, and Cornell cuddlers, Jack heads back to California. Professor Dove may want to use them in romantic experiments, but Jack Benny has his own ideas. He wants to use them as talent for his hotel's entertainment. It's a streamlined train loaded with streamlined songs and dances, packed with such great performers as Eleanor Whitney and Johnny Downs, who now give you their rhythmic interpretation of A Rhyme for Love. Honey, you're a little, you're a little amalgam. What's amalgam? Just a rhyme for love. We can live together in a little alligator. What's an alligator? Here are Life Erickson and Marsha Hunt singing Enchanted. Was it your eyes that sent me alone? Am I enchanted, enchanted on my
not on the train, but trying hard to catch up with it, are George Burns and Gracie Allen. Gracie is the daughter of the nut professor who wants to found the eugenics colony with Mary Boland's money. Gracie is driving a span of four white horses that pull the chariot in which she and George are roaring down the highway. Faster and faster they go, with Gracie's Grecian robes flying in the breeze, and George having all he can do to hang on to his hat and his sanity. Gracie, do something, do something! Yeah, what do you want me to do now? A train, a train! Oh, in California, Jack's a wreck, and the youngsters are raring to go. And go they do in this swingy number. Who's that knocking at my heart? The question being asked by that irrepressible champion of knock-knocks, Martha Ray. Who's knocking at my heart? If it is a blue, I'm not at home, associated with those six delicious flavors, strawberry, raspberry, or, um, uh, George Burns and Gracie Allen. Oh, how do Oh, it's you. Uh, Mary Boland. Oh, <laughs> thoughtful. My father, too. Uh, Martha Ray. Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. Marcia Hunt, Eleanor Whitney, and many others in this gay romantic musical comedy. Well, I'll, uh, be seeing you when you come to see College Holiday. Well... 
Good night, folks. This radio preview of College Holiday was produced at the Paramount Studios in Hollywood. The picture was directed by Frank Tuttle. This is Gene Whitman speaking. Hear Big Bang Remote broadcasts from the 1930s, Saturdays on RadioThen.network. Transcribe get together bringing you Johnny Lee Wills and all the boys in 15 minutes of your favorite music and songs. Hello there, Johnny Lee. Yes, sir, Frank, and everybody's feeling mighty good today, and hope we got a program out here that keeps some of these people out here smiling a little bit. I believe we're going to call Henry Boatman up here and do that old number. He's been with us a long time, Beaumont Rags. When you and I were young, Maggie. I wandered today to the hills, Maggie, to watch the things below. The creek and the old rusty mill, Maggie, where we sat in the long, long ago. The green grove is gone. From the hills, Maggie, where first the days is run. The old rusty mill is still 
Leon. Mighty good. Very, very fine, Leon Huffman. You know, John, those old tunes really bring back the memories, don't they? They really do, Frank. You betcha. I think it does everyone's heart good to hear one of those old ones once in a while. We know it does. You betcha. And now, let's wave at our curly-haired boy here, the boy that sings the short songs, usually, to sing a beautiful ballad, Memories of You, dear. Oh, don't now. You know, leaving Henry out. He helps him on there. Oh, does Henry help? No. He refuses? I thought that's the way we used to do it. No. That's another tune. Oh, is it? You mean uh, Curly's got this and all that? Curly doesn't need a bit of help. Well, here it is. Memories of you, dear. got to say something, so let's listen. Now, here's the trio to sing a favorite old hymn, Shall We Gather at the River? Shall we gather at the river Where bright angel feet have gone With his crystal night forever Flowing by the Beautiful, the beautiful river. 
Yes, sir. Mighty good sang in your bed. Mighty swell, folks. And, and that's the type of tune, incidentally, that we get more requests for than any other, Johnny Lee. Those beautiful old hymns and spirituals. And we're sure happy to do them for the folks. That's right, Frank. Yes, sir. And now, John, for our final number on this session, what do you say we all sort of join in and make away with cross-eyed gal, huh? Well, let's try it. Right. Here it is. Time Radio's best dramas on RadioThen.network. Greetings. This is Nelson Olmstead. Today, let's follow the trail of a famous adventurer from Southern Oregon. Before we leave, here's Clint Gruber to say a few words in behalf of Pacific Power. Welcome once again to Stories of Pacific Powerland, a presentation of Pacific Power and Light the company that has been serving the electric needs of the region's homes, farms, and industries through more than half a century of progress and growth. Now, with his storybook open to today's chapter, here's Nelson. Some men, perhaps, are born to adventure. With John Day of Central Point in southern Oregon 
the lure of spine-tingling, death-defying adventure came along rather late in life. John began climbing mountains and globe-trotting when he was 48 years of age. As he explains it, Well, my uh, theory is simple. Most of us spend the first 20 years building up our physical and mental capabilities, the next 20 years tearing them down again, and then if you survive until the third 20 years, you get busy and try to salvage what you have left. Well, John Day, now past the 56-year mark, has plenty left. You'll notice these days that he walks with a limp, which he explains this way. Well, that's a souvenir from Mount McKinley in Alaska. I broke both ankles in the fall. Well, I thought I was a goner for a while. And this ankle never did knit right. It uh, slows down the climbing somewhat, but doesn't seem to bother me on the skis. After his near-fatal accident on Mount McKinley, John spent three consecutive winters in Norway learning the fine points of cross-country ski running. In the process, injured ankle notwithstanding, he managed to set endurance records for ski running, which still stand. He says, well, I uh, ski 10 to 20 miles every day in the winter. On a cross-country run, you encounter every conceivable type of situation to test physical and mental processes. Now, that's a kind of activity I enjoy. Well, John Day took up his strenuous avocations after being laid up in the hospital several years ago with an attack of arthritis of the spine. His doctors doubted that he would ever walk normally again. John says, I wasn't about to give up. You call it overcompensation if you want, but after I got out of that hospital bed, I, I seem more attractive than ever to violent physical exertion. Well, in four years, John made 250 major ascents and climbed the six major mountains in Washington in nine days. He scaled three Cascade Peaks in a single day, and at 54 years of age, tried out for the American Olympic team. In addition to his mountain climbing feats, the indomitable Southern Oregon rancher has gained reputation as a master big game hunter. It seems that John Day has a knack of bringing a sense of adventure to everything he does. On his 4,000-acre Rogue Valley Ranch, for example... He supports one of the most unusual livestock herds in the West. John says, Well, uh, 20 years ago, we got six buffalo from a friend in Klamath Falls. We uh, more or less turned them loose on the ranch, and after a couple of years, we had quite a herd. Now we have 60 head, and they're going into the commercial raising of buffalo, which pay much better than cattle. I guess I sort of like the far-out things in life. Yes, the most lasting impression that Southern Oregon's John Day gives is that of a man who lives life to the fullest and relishes every moment of it. (laughs) 